We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning, good Monday morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Welcome. Uh, happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend or whatever day you're tuning in on. Hope you had a great uh, great week or great weekend. We've got a great topic today. <laughs> of course, I probably say that every time, right? We have a great topic today. This is number two in my the five-part series of five keys to scaling your business. This is episode number two or key number two. And the subtitle is Have Fun With Your Numbers. So it's all about the joys of reading, analyzing your financial statements. <laughs> now, I know that uh, if you're like me, and like many of the business owner clients that I have, is it's not fun. And we really don't enjoy it. Um, it's not really our thing, because usually business owners, uh, they start because they're good at their craft, whether it's being a mechanic or being a chef or knowing how to, you know, well, do taxes or how to be an attorney or, you know, whatever the case may be, they're good at their craft, but they're not necessarily trained in accounting. And so therefore, you know, it's, it's not fun for most people, but obviously it's a necessary evil. And, you know, let's, let's be real for me, you know, I hated accounting in college. I just, you know, wanted to get my C and get out of there. Unfortunately, uh, I was required to take two semesters of accounting, so which means I had to get two C's. I uh, really didn't enjoy it at all. In fact, I remember I was uh, recently uh, at a local college on a business panel, and they, they asked about uh, you know one of my least favorite subjects. And actually, the, the organizer of this panel, <laughs> this discussion, was the, 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 the head of the accounting department. Um, I said, well, accounting actually was probably one of my least favorite subjects. Um, but... I have to circle back and say, but it's something that I do almost every day with my clients is helping them analyze their financial statements. Now, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a CFO, that kind of thing, but it's, it's all part of the business. And even though I'm a marketing specialist, I have to know the numbers because part of marketing is not just how many customers you can get, but at what price that you are going to sell things at. And then you have to know what the, the total revenue is going to be. But then, of course, then you need to know the math to make sure there's going to be a profit left over. So... Interesting enough, even though I'm specialized in marketing, finance is an area that uh, uh, I guess I somewhat specialize in as far as as far as marketing consultants go. You know, not many marketing consultants actually really delve deep into the numbers. So, anyways, we're going to try and have fun with numbers. And how can you have fun with accounting? How can you have fun with with finance? Right. Well, it's fun when you make a lot of money, right? So, what we want to do is help you help your business get to the point where you are making a lot of money so you can have fun. But in the meantime, we need to, you need to delve into numbers. And too many times, um, we, because you have a bookkeeper, an accountant, that you give them all the responsibilities and you do more of a cursory look at the numbers just to make sure, well, you're making a profit. That's usually, you're looking at usually the top line and the bottom line, right? How much, how, how much in sales are I getting? And do we have money left over after I'm paid? 
Okay. Well, we don't really look in between too much. And that's where the gaps fall in. I mean, if you're, if you want to know how to take your business to the next level, you're going to have to look between the gaps. You're going to have to look between the top line and the bottom line because the answers are there. It's not just always getting more customers, which is what most of my clients call me for is to get more customers because, because they think that is going to be the answer to their financial woes. But the reality is it goes more, it goes beyond just getting more customers. So we want to, I want to take this time to really help you really understand. I'm not going to try and make you a, an expert. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert, but I, I want you to be able to get the situation where you can sit down with your accountant, bookkeeper, and really analyze the numbers and strategize. Because let's face it, more eyes on this is better than just leaving all to your account. I mean, I've seen, even though businesses have accountants, I look at the numbers and I'll see gaps and I'll, I'll see areas that the accountant didn't pick up and the business owner didn't pick up. Why? Number one is not all accountants are created equal. You know, most accountants are geared towards just, you know, helping you reduce your tax burden, looking for areas to make sure you minimize your taxes that you pay but not always looking at the numbers from a strategic point of view. So that's why you can't just, just kind of rely on solely your accountant. So again, you don't have to be an expert, but you know, need to know enough so you can identify some weak spots. You may not know what's going on exactly, but you'll be able to pick up something. And then between you and your accountant and your team, you can figure out what, what the issues are. And so think about this. When you're looking at your profit and loss statement, when you're looking at your accounts receivable, you're looking at your balance sheets, your liabilities, your assets, and all that, when you look at the entirety of your financial statements, it touches every piece of your business. Every piece of your business has a number to it, has a financial number to it. I mean, just the computer screen that you're looking on right now, the, the paper that you write on, I mean, that's part of your supplies that you, that, that, that's going to be in your expenses. The, the Wi-Fi, the internet connection, um, the building that you're in, the office that you're in, right? everything, your, yourself, your own salary, your, your staff, everybody and everything in your business has a financial number relate, uh, assigned to it. So if you want to know what's going on, where you might be spending more money into or where you're not getting enough money from or how much, where you're not charging enough or whatever the case may be, it's all the answers are going to be in your financial statements. So I want you to, um, well, as much as we can, have fun. I'm going to kind of go over some of the common mistakes that I see uh, with some of my clients and then go through a case study. And then hopefully this will give you enough information where you can go back with your account, go back with your team, and just ask the right questions. You just need to be able to ask good questions and figure it out. Okay, so you ready? All right, let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can have some fun with financial statements. Um, I know every time I ask this question in a group, whether I'm in a training or presentation or whatever, and I'm, a group of business, I'm with a group of business owners, I ask this question, how many of you really enjoy looking and delving into financial statements? And usually only a few people raise their hand. Unless, of course, I'm at a CPA convention, which even then sometimes we don't get 100%. <laughs> I don't get 100% of people raising their hands even in, in a situation like that. So not everybody really enjoys numbers. I figure when it comes to business owners, probably only 10% of business owners really enjoy this part. But, but take it from me. It, it'll really help you out so much 
as the business owner, just to understand what's going on, understand the relationship between all the numbers. Okay. And that's really where the gap is, is where the business owners really don't under, truly understand the relationship between the, between the numbers and the, the different categories of income versus expenses. Okay. So let me look at, let me kind of highlight some of the most common mistakes I see. And number one is going to be not understanding what expenses constitutes cost of goods versus quote unquote fixed operating expenses. And a lot of times uh, profit and loss statements, sometimes they, they'll say fixed expenses, sometimes it's operating expenses. I think the real, the, the, mo- the most accurate definition of that, that expense category is operating expense. Okay. So there's two categories of expenses. There's cost of goods and then there's operating expenses. So when you look at your profit and loss statement, it will go income, right? Those are your sales. That's your income. And then the next section, the first uh, section of expenses will be cost of goods. And then it'll be operating expenses. Third, that'll be the last one. So a lot of times what expenses that should be under cost of goods are in operating expenses. And what happens is because once you subtract cost of goods from price, you get your gross profit. Right? So when you're looking at your profit and loss statement, it goes income, you get your total revenue, subtracting your total cost of goods, and that'll equal your gross profit. And then you subtract your operating expenses, and that'll leave you your net or your pre-tax profit, your net income, depending on how everything's set up. But basically, it's your, your net, your net profit after all the expenses, salaries are, are paid. Okay, so why do you need to understand the differences between operating expenses and cost of goods? Um, well, it, it makes a difference. Trust me. And so hopefully as we go through this, you'll, it'll be clear. Now, your cost of goods, those are all the expenses that have a direct relationship to sales. It's a direct cost to sales. Okay, so if you're selling a product, you have to manufacture the product. Sometimes if, it's, if the manufacturing done off-site or even in a different country, they're shipping and receiving, okay? And then there's the labor to, if you're carrying inventory, there's a labor to, for the shipping and receiving and also to carry inventory um, and also the labor to produce it if you're doing the production in-house. So all, that, all those expenses are, should be in cost of goods. And if you have a, a restaurant or an accounting firm, the, the, the staff that you have handling the books for your clients, doing the taxes for your clients, doing accounting work for your clients, doing payroll for your clients, all that labor expenses also cost the goods. Okay, so when, and, and labor is, is the number one thing I see left out under cost of goods. A lot of that, most of the time, I see labor buried in all the payroll expenses under operating expenses. Because they think that because it's a fixed expense, quote unquote fixed, because you're paying them regardless, because you hired them, you have you pay them a salary, it should be under the quote unquote fixed expense. That's why I don't like to call it fixed expense. I like to call it operating expense, because even some of your fixed quote unquote fixed expenses like payroll should still be under cost of goods because they're doing direct labor. It's a direct cost to the sale of your product or service. Either it's, it's to, to manufacture the product or to carry the inventory or to do the shipping and receiving, that, that kind of labor, or they're direct, directly servicing your customer like an attorney would service a client or an accountant would service a client. 
right? So that's all expenses that are directly attributed to the sale or taking care of the customers or producing the product. So what happens when that labor or, or some, some of your cost of goods are not in there and they're buried under the operating expense, then you've got an overinflated gross profit. So basically, you should be your gross profit's probably less than what you're seeing in your profit and loss statement. And so why does that matter? Well, when you multiply, if you're doing projections, and let's say you double your sales, you're going to say, oh, I'm going to double my gross profit, right? Um, but the gross profit is, is, is mis, misrepresented because you might be thinking, hey, my gross profit is 50%. And so I double my double my sales. I'm going to make X amount of gross profit, but the reality is you're going to actually be even less because you've got some of your cost of goods buried under operating expenses. So, look overlooking or over overinflation of gross profit is very very typical. And so they're going to they're wonder if you're wondering why your volume is going up but your profit's not. That's because you have certain expenses that are directly related to sales are in your operating expenses. So those expenses are going up the same rate as your sales volume is going up, right? So if you're not making a profit now, just because you can make more volume doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make more profit because if some of your expenses that you don't really realize are under operating expense, those expenses go up too. So that means your net profit's not really going to go up. So you need to know Really, what is your gross profit? Because that's where you make the changes. And so, and we'll, we'll get to that in, this, in a second here. So, if, and so the other thing, we're going to move past the um, profit and loss statement. Let's go to your accounts receivable. You're overlooking accounts receivable. If you've got, if, you're, if, if your um, sales, the way your sales are, uh, if it's not, if, you're, if the transaction doesn't happen immediately, let's say you invoice a customer, and then 20, 30 days later, maybe even 60 days later, then you get then you get payment. Then you, you're going to get an, have an accounts receivable. And if your accounts receivables stack up over time, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, you're not getting income. You got the sale, but you really don't have the income. So overlooking accounts receivables also for certain types of businesses is also an area that you really, really got to stay on top of. Because even though you have the sale, but if it doesn't hit your bank account, you really don't have the sale, right? So look at your accounts receivable. And that's why looking at your cash flow statement is actually more a, a better way to analyze your financial statements sometimes for certain types of businesses that that have accounts receivable. So because cash, because your cash flow statement, when you look at it month to month, that's actually cash in hand. That's actually cash in the bank account. As opposed to when you're looking at profit and loss statement, you might see sales, but if they haven't paid yet, It'll hit your profit and loss statement as showing as a sale, but if it hasn't hit your bank account yet, then you really don't have the cash in hand. So that's why looking at the cash flow statement actually might be a little bit better. Okay. So if you're one of the if you're a business, you, you see that maybe your gross profit margins or your, your or your margins are too low. Your your profit in general is just too low, lower than you like it to be. Um, here are some of the culprits. Okay, especially when you're looking at well, I'm not going to go there for a second, but the, here's just some of the culprits. Prices are too low. Now, I, I can almost guarantee that if I was looking at your business, that I can find at least one product or service area that you're probably priced too low. Most of us, most business owners are a little too afraid 
to charge exactly what they're worth. Now I've got a, I've got pricing podcasts, so you can listen to those. I'm not going to go and dig for that, but I'm just going to tell you right now. Most likely, you've got an area in your business that you're priced too low. Now you may be scared to raise the price to where it should be, but that's another that's another story. But most likely, you have got an area in your business where you're priced too low. Now, what's another culprit is acquisition costs are too high. So the cost of the products that you carry in inventory or the materials and supplies that you purchase in order to build or to manufacture your products could be too high. Carrying too much inventory or too much waste. Okay, so in your cost of goods, if you purchase inventory, um, just because you purchase it, um, in your profit and loss statement, you'll have, let's say, hundred thousand dollars in sales and you've got 50 say seventy five thousand dollars in cost of goods okay some of that in that seventy five thousand dollars especially if you're looking at year to date some of that seventy five thousand dollars could be inventory that you haven't sold yet so when you're looking at your profit and loss statement a lot of times when your margins are too low and a lot of times it might be just because you're carrying too much and you have excess inventory so you have to take that into account Again, this is another reason why making looking at your cash flow statement is better. But usually what you want to do is kind of look at all your financial statements together so you can have an accurate picture of what's going on. Um, or you might have too much waste. So in the case of restaurants, you maybe you have to purchase your foods, right? But you typically don't utilize every every all your food items or all, all your um, you know, all your produce, all your all the other food that you purchase. For your restaurant to go into the menu items, a lot of times there's waste. That waste is loss, right? So when you're looking at your profit and loss statement, once again, especially when you're looking at your gross profit, if your margins are a little bit lower than you you thought they sh- you think they should be, then you might want to look at how much in waste is there. If twenty if twenty five percent of your food gets wasted on a regular basis, well, guess what? That means you're you're paying too much in inventory. Basically, you're paying too much in food costs because you're ordering too much. Okay. The other thing is labor. Where are, where are the culprits for having low margins? The other one is labor, um, not being very efficient in your labor, having being overstaffed. So that's where you've got to really analyze. Um, how efficient is your labor? How much time should it really take to produce a widget? How much time should it really take to produce or, 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 or to make an entree? How much time should it take to, to have the wait staff place in order and to, to deliver the food, to, to bust the tables, all that kind of stuff? How much time should it really take? And are you being efficient? Even in a restaurant, you should be thinking of your, your staff as, as an assembly line. You really got to create really a, a lot of efficiencies Otherwise, you can be easily overstaffed. So these are the four common areas, right? Prices, acquisition costs, uh, carrying too much your inventory, carrying too much or wasting, and then the labor. Those are the four areas that typically are your culprits of having too low a margins. So identifying where you might be inefficient. And usually, most of the time, it's not just one area. It's usually um, uh, the combination of all four sometimes, or at least a combination of at least two. And when you can identify these areas, then you can make some of these small, it doesn't take, you don't need big changes across the board. You might just make a series of small changes in each of these areas, 
But a few dollars here and there multiplied times the sales volume, you'll see some really big benefits in your, in your bottom line. Okay. So I'm going to end with an example. Hopefully, you know, when you start talking numbers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you kind of get the glossy light look, right? Even I'm getting a glossy eyed look just talking about this. <laughs> but I, what I enjoy, I do enjoy it um, from the fact is I can help identify areas with my clients that will increase the profitability. And, and for that reason, I really enjoy it. So I really do enjoy the numbers. Um, but if it's just, if I'm teaching accounting class, there's no way I'd be an accounting teacher and there's no way I could do that. But from the application of helping my clients, I really enjoy the numbers. I really enjoy the research and identifying where the gaps are and how we can improve it. So I'm going to give you an example of a restaurant. I've had a number of restaurant clients. And here's one, kind of a typical scenario, but here's a restaurant that was pretty busy but not making a profit. It's in a nice high-traffic area, really good neighborhood, um, just a really good fit in, for the area for the kind of restaurant they are. Uh, the food was really good. Customers were, were just raving customers, a lot of regulars, uh, kind of everything you would want. And, and really, they really decorated the restaurant very nicely. It had a really nice feel. You get a lot of positive comments about the food, about the ambiance. I mean, everything. But the owner was frustrated because he couldn't get over the hump. He couldn't figure out why is he not being profitable. He's getting a, a good number of customers coming in the door. It's in a good area, like I said, but just not able to get over the hump to profitability. So I analyzed his financial statements, and I noticed the following issues. Number one, his stated gross profit in, a profit, in his profit and loss statement, the stated gross profit was 50%. But, as I outlined earlier, uh, there was no labor in the cost of goods, which is very common uh, for many businesses, but especially restaurants. So after adjusting for labor, like I talked about earlier, after adjusting for labor, put in the right labor cost in the cost of goods, the gross profit was negative. So here's the case. Look, if your sales go up at some point, if you, go, if you get more volume, you get more customers, at some point, you're going to have to add more staff, right? Your current staff capacity can only handle so much, so many customers. In fact, he already said he was kind of at the point because I said, look, you're going to have to figure out ways to cut back on labor. And he said, I, we can barely handle what we have. So which means getting more customers is not going to be the answer. I told him, I said, look, you got to figure something out because if you get more customers, you said you can barely handle what you got. So if you handle more customers, are you going to have to add more labor? So sales could go up, but so is your cost. Okay. So which means if your gross profit is negative right now, it's safe to assume is if we double your sales, we're going to double the negative. We're going to double what if let's just say, for example, that uh, on a monthly basis, his gross profit was a negative thousand dollars a month. If we double his sales, we basically multiply that negative thousand. So his his gross profit is going to be negative two thousand. Now this happens, okay, and, and it's already happened for him. You're already seeing that his gross profit was already negative, and he's not paid. And this is before paying rent and utilities and all that, the fixed your operating expenses, right? So you got to make a profit on the top end. Your gross profit has to be positive. Well, your profit has to be positive anyway, right? But your gross profit has to be positive for you to have any hope of coming up positive with the net. So labor, uh, you know, so after factoring in labor, his gross profit was negative. So what we found was definitely it was the first time uh, in a restaurant business. So now I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in restaurants, 
but just by looking at numbers, I got to look, your, your, your labor is too high and most likely some of your food costs are too high. So you're not being very efficient in your labor. I know enough that when it comes to restaurants, you really have to manage your labor very, very well. You've got to be very, very efficient. You've got to create kind of systems and procedures, almost like a, a conveyor belt, a production uh, facility when it comes to labor in a restaurant. So and, and for most businesses, you kind of think about how do you become more efficient in your labor? How do we do more with less? So definitely had low efficiency in labor. Some of the food costs were too high. Some of the menu item prices were too low. The adjustments we had to make was, number one, I said, look, I'm not an expert in restaurants, but we have to find a, a basically a labor efficiency consultant. Someone has a lot of experience in this field and especially specialize in labor efficiency. And we, we found that person. Because um, that will help you really maximize and be more efficient with your labor and basically essentially reduce your cost in a sense so that you can find some margin. And then we found some alternative suppliers with the same quality of food and produce that, that he wanted, but at some, you know, a little bit lower prices. And then there are several food items, menu items that we were able to raise prices on. So when you look, we, we, we kind of chunked that here and there, a little bit here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, we were able to take the gross profit from negative to 27%, which was enough to put him in the black in the net. So when it came to net or pre-tax profit, we got to about 12%. So we went from a negative gross profit to a positive twenty seven percent. That was enough. That was enough to put them in the black. Put them in the black overall. So even after other salaries and all the operating expenses were paid, that he was finally in the positive. So how was that? I hope I made my point. I hope uh, you stuck around. Number one. I hope you didn't get too glossy eyed. But always feel free to go ahead and comment if you got specific questions. You can comment on there, email me or whatever. Uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, I know this, uh, this, is, this is such an important topic. I know this is an area that most of you business owners don't like to deal with or don't like to look at, but you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to not be the expert, but just know enough to be dangerous and know, just have an understanding of the relationship between all, your, all, your, all, all the areas in your financial statements, from your profit and loss statements and cost of goods and operating expenses to your accounts receivables, to your balance sheets, to your um, cash flow statements. You just need to understand how all this stuff relates and impacts your business so you can make better business decisions make going forward. Because let me tell you, the answers are in the numbers. So when it comes to marketing, for me, before I move forward with marketing, I, I need to know what I'm dealing with overall. So because of in this situation, this example I gave, now we now we can move forward in getting more customers because I knew it wasn't going to negatively impact the business, right? He had a negative gross profit. So getting more customers actually could have done more harm than good. So thank you all for listening. If you have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. Tune in next week as I go live once again. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fakui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.